What is up and welcome in to the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. I'm your host, Ezra McCann, and I'm joined, as always, by my outstanding co-host. He's a Chicago Public League legend. He's a Simeon legend. He's a Grambling State Tiger legend. Played second base for them back in the day. He was all swack. Is Brandon Williams, a.k.a. Coach Smoke. And we've got the NFL Draft analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. You can catch all his work on the network, the Under Center Podcast, uh, football night in Chicago. He is Glenn Morgan, our GM. Gentlemen, rough, rough weekend for your boy here, man. Was... Well, wait, wait, let me, let, me, let me say it again. It started off pretty good. Got a big win by the, by the caravan over St. Rita. Got a nice win for Kim Wood over Simeon. Sorry, Smoke. Sorry about that. <laughs> big, big win. My Hampton Pirates were down 17 in the second half to our arch rival Howard. Came back in 135-34. Big win for the Pirates. And then Sunday. Only for the Bears to dump The Bears. Them. Oh, my God. I, uh, There's no coming tough. back from this, man. They suck. Uh, um, I'm glad you were able to enjoy some aspect of your weekend. Uh, my Tennessee Volunteers uh, embarrassed <laughs> themselves down in the swamp and didn't want to pick a fight at the they end. It was so nonsensical. <laughs> <laughs> it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I mean, what was that? Just go home. I mean, at that point, why are you trying to just go? What, what you going to do? That was stupid. Only be compounded by my idiocy on the bowling lane. Oh, my God. Look, that, that was so bad. I would be lucky we won one. Despite how bad I'm, what going. you 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 rolled a a two ten instead of a, a no two twenty no. what no let let's just say if you have a six hundred series that means you're averaging two hundred uh, I didn't break five hundred mm. yeah exactly your boy was garbage only thing worse than the Bears was me on the bowling lanes uh and then the Bears I mean come on man I mean the best part of my evening of my weekend was the wife. And the two kids here at home, uh, we went to go see Hamilton downtown, and that was uh, at least a, a bright spot of my entire weekend. Was that was, was that the, your first time seeing it? Uh, I saw it on Disney, but first time seeing it live. Live? Good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, excellent show. Excellent Good show. show. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. So let's talk about that, because the bear stung. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. So, so the, I, I, apparently the, we've got mixed weekends all around. What about you, Smokers? Your weekend good or? Uh, not really. Went to tournament in Indy. Started out with a nine nothing shutout loss. That pretty much, pretty much ended our weekend. Had to win, had to win our pool to make bracket play. It was only a two game. It's only a three team pool. You lose the first game nine nothing. You're pretty much done. So and, what is run run differential a part of the part of the equation well, there? Or? Well, record. So the next team in our pool was trash. We blew them out. Okay. And once we saw them, we knew they wasn't gonna beat the team that beat us. So <laughs> so yeah. Finished the weekend one, I mean two and one. But that's not but, bad. But losing the first game, eliminating yourself from bracket play is demoralizing. Yeah. That's that's and then on top of the 
game that really didn't mean anything versus a team in Chicago, which we could have just came home early and sat and watched the Bears game. I was watching it while coaching. So it was <laughs> yeah, it was it was just at least we were winning. I'll say that. At least we were winning. <laughs> this weekend. I mean, look at this one, man. Your boys play. They they could have not played the other two games. They could have just said been demoralized from the first game. This way, you know, they care. And they, they have some true. fortitude and some intestinal fortitude. So that's a good thing. You know, so I, I see some sunshine true. with that. Yeah, yeah. That is true. So now that we got all the nice stuff out the way, and we, we better <laughs> so avoid the, the elephant in the room. <laughs> the bears. I was right. expecting some, some, something. Now, remember... Before the season started, we were, we were talking with uh, with Sean Sierra, and I said, hey, if this team wins eight games, I will be ecstatic. I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. That will be a great season for this team. Because I didn't expect much from this team, mm-hmm. right? As a reasonable fan, that makes sense. Yeah. But I did expect at least some type of progress from the I got, offense. I got 15 games left, man. Come on, bro. Man, this this does not look like an NFL offense right now. It doesn't look like a college offense. I don't I don't know what we're looking at right now. I'm just I'm just trying to understand what are we what are we trying to prove exactly. And I and I put I put some I put a nice amount of this on Justin as well. Absolutely, you're trying you're trying to prove to the world that you can be this pocket passer passer, and you you're making an ass out of yourself as well because you're looking trash back there you know i think the scheme is god awful but i think he has his faults is it is it as much on him as the fans and all that stuff try to make it hell no oh justin is it as is it as much on him as everyone trying to make it out to be to me it's not i think he's part of the blame i think he's part of the problem but I don't think he's the problem. I, I think the honeymoon, the honeymoon is over. I mean, we gotta we we gotta start calling a spade a spade. And right now, yeah, Justin's well, not living up to what. That's racist. That's racist. I, I, I get that. I get that. But <laughs> I I understand that. But that's that's everyone's go to right now, Justin. Okay, bring Caleb in, Williams in here with that same. Oh no, no, no! I'm He's not, gonna I'm, look just I'm, as It's trash. not just Justin, but we gotta give we gotta give the right amount, uh, the right percentage of 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 blame to what's going on with the offense to the quarterback. We do. Yeah, we can't. I mean, we can't. He, we can't he, treat him with with kid gloves no, no, no more. No, no. He 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 gets about twenty five percent of the blame. That's a little more than that. More, more than that. More than that, I I, I think I, the rest go to the coaches. I I go 40, 40. 45, maybe forty nine percent. So and then guess and then gets the gets he gets wait 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 because you got because you got to blame your head coach too. That's why I'm saying that's why he's, he's 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 in that equation too. So I give Getsy so so we I'll can give, go 33, I'll, 33, 34. I'll give forty percent of it, and then I'll, I'll give the rest to to uh to Eberflus. Yeah. You get him the least amount um, of blame. Here's here's my well, no, no, no. I'm saying he's not he's but he's not an offensive coach. I don't expect that much from him. Getsy was brought in here to 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 run this offense. And, and I know Getz gets is a little young. How old how old is how old do you think Luke Getsy is? 30 in his 26. late 30s? Look, 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 looks like he's about 26. Uh yeah, in his he, late 30s. Okay. 
I want to tell him something because he's a little young. You know, he may not know, you know, as much as he needs to about football. Screen passes are are a good thing. You know, they're used to uh, to keep a team off balance. It should not be the focal point of your offensive scheme. Should not be. And that that's all I'm seeing. Every every freaking drive, I'm seeing screen here, screen there. And of course, you the the uh, uh the pick six at the end. Why? They ran, they ran it three straight times. Why? <laughs> three straight times. That's just ridiculous. Now, if he wants to come out and tell us, hey, I don't trust my quarterback. He can't run this offense, so I got to do this to simplify things. That, yeah, maybe maybe that is the reason. But come on, man, you can't, you cannot do that. This offense looks like John Shoop's offense. Remember, remember Shoop. Yeah, that's, that's the guy. Yeah, I remember. I couldn't remember a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's the guy. Remember Came John from BYU. Shoop. Well, yeah. Shoop. No, no, no. You you thinking about Gary Croton? Oh. Gary Croton yeah, was Shoup, BYU. Shoup, Shoup came in after Croton. Shoup was after Croton. Yeah, Croton. Clean it up. Croton left for the BYU job. And then Shoup, uh, Shoup became the coordinator. And he he kept running those damn uh, the bubble screens, <laughs> which didn't work. Which, by the way, I remember being at, at, a, at a Bears training camp. And uh, it wasn't Shoup, but it was whoever the receiver coach was at the time. They were actually practicing. Uh, throwing the bubble screens, just the quarterbacks and the uh, and the receivers, and he kept saying that's an automatic one yard game. Like that was a great thing to have. <laughs> I was like, really? I'm thinking, I'm like, really? That's 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 what we're doing here. That's what Luke Getzey's offense is looking like right now, and that's not what we were expecting from a guy that was coming from Green Bay. I, I was expecting him to have you know some some knowledge of what they were doing and to implement that here a little bit. Why don't we run slants? That's oh. I've been screaming that since last week as well. Yes. I'm sitting I, I I'm I'm sitting watching like the JT O'Sullivan's and Tim Jenkins and they dissecting these plays. And I'm like, dog, these receivers are these DBs are like 10 yards off of our receivers. And we're, we're so fast. And, we're, and we're just running to them. <laughs> now, granted, guys have gotten open, and we we will. I'm sure we're gonna touch on that with Justin clearly missing guys. Mm-hmm. But but if you want to make it easy for them, the slants are there for the taking. I'm sure I can get back there, and if we ran slants, I'll complete the few passes. They are th- these DBs have no respect for our one, our one two release. That's it. One two release. Like, good lord. Mm. I heard all y'all complaining. I heard all y'all. You're not completely wrong. Oh, I know that. What? And I say this with a little bit of hesitation, but with some earnest, watching the game again, watching it through in totality. I haven't gone through all 22 just yet, but just watching the game all the way through. Last week and this week, the Bears, Justin started out well. Last week, he started out five for five. This week, he started out two for three. 
and I think they ended up scoring on their first drive, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, and went down the field in like two minutes and 22 seconds. And Justin did a nice bootleg that was set up by the completions he had and how well the offense was was moving the ball downfield. It looked very much like clockwork. So to me, that means that somewhere during the game, they're losing some sense of communication on the field, some sense of communication between what needs to be done and how it's executed out there on the field, and that's where the quarterback becomes the problem. Because as much as we want to blame Getzi for a lot of things, and I do, I think there's that thing you mentioned it early as maybe there's stuff that we don't know that he's not saying that he's having to tailor things because Justin's not executing things the way he needs to. Um, there were plays throughout the game that Justin made where he did throw the ball downfield. I mean, they got – and it was weird. They got DJ involved early. Then they like forgot about him. And then they got him involved again. But the passes they got to him were downfield. They weren't like the bubble screens. They actually were pushing the ball downfield. The pass to Clayton was like, dude, why aren't you ripping it like that more often? You know, um, I think that was probably Justin's first read. I think he was comfortable with what was to be expected. And that's the Justin. That pass or, or, or just the follow through the whole, you know, from the time he hiked the ball to completing the Claypool, that's what we saw more of more often when he was at Ohio State. For whatever reason, in reasons, confidence is lost throughout the game. And the confidence is between Justin and his teammates, between the coaching staff and Justin, and then, you know, all the other things in between all that. Um, Several times this game, players may compound, they compounded their mistakes with following it with another mistake. There's a drive where the Bears were driving again and they were they were looking like they were going to score. And then Justin just had a like the next two or three plays were like the worst fucking plays he made that entire day. Like he ended up getting a sack. Um, there was something else he did where, you know, it was just, it's like three plays in a row were just bad, ended up going backwards. There's another McCole commit at one point was again working for the enemy. McCole commit like on two plays back to back with like the worst blocking fundamentals Wait, you could ever see. The one, the one where he le he left uh, uh, Darnell right out to try. Yes. Where he, he, wait, 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 wait. He, he went inside stayed, of Darnell right. Stayed in to block and then went inside oh. of Darnell right, bumped him. And then Darnell right. Wright lost the block, and and right. uh, I forget Shaq, who was Shaq, Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett, Shaq Barrett, Shaq Barrett yeah. came in and, uh, and, and, and took out took out uh, Justin Fields. That come on, yeah. come no, on, Justin didn't have a chance. And then the very next play, Cole Komet supposed to be blocking on a bubble screen. Him some type of screen. Him and Tunyon were both on the same side. Neither one of them did anything. But Tunyon wasn't as bad because he at least he, he kind of like pushed his guy towards the sideline. Unfortunately. That's where the Bears player was running because Cole Komet didn't do anything. So the Bears player had to string his run out. He couldn't cut inside anything. He couldn't cut inside any blocks because Cole Komet didn't even provide one. And there was another play, I think, where Cole – oh, he caught the pass. It was a nice – again, this is where Justin makes a great throw on the run to his right, makes a great throw. Cole Komet makes a great job with his feet, has his and, hands, and, and, and forgot that he wasn't – Forgot to hold, yeah. No, no, no. Forgot that he wasn't in practice. 
And that the other motherfuckers are playing are like, low. it's not a catch. You got to bring it into your right, body. Right, you that's what I'm Yeah, you got you to control yeah. the ball there. Right, but he, he did it like he was looking good. Like, hey, man, this is a good catch. Yeah, that's great in practice when your teammates aren't going to necessarily crush you, per se. Yes, yes, and yes. Tampa Bay flowed to the ball. That secondary flowed. They would, and they played without Carlton Davis yesterday, and they still were making plays in the secondary. Yeah. So there were times where these players were making compound mistakes. Raxon Jones is a problem. They were, it was third, it was second and two or something like that. Or third, no, it was third and two. And he gets fall, he gets false, in the false bear start. to move. False start, now it's third and seven. And then, and then right after that, his head so stuck up his ass because he made a mistake. Justin gets sacked in like a heartbeat. Oh my God. It was, oh, he, he got was crushed on the bull rush. Ridiculous. It, it, hey, he, that wasn't even a bull rush. He just that went wasn't right a bull rush. Him. He went past him. He just went right past him. That was the one with Justin got sacked on the back. If, if by bull rush, you meant the bull was seeing red and he went right past him, then yeah, okay. Because he, he went Ole, then okay, there was a bull rush. But that, but that's what I mean. It was compounded. It's like these guys make a mistake. They get in their heads, and Justin did it. Braxton did it. And this is all in the same, like in the same series. It's not, you know, uh, Cole Komet did it. Um, and somebody else on offense did it as well. I was writing the names down. And I'm like, why are these dudes compounding their mistakes? You know, and so, oh, Getsy did it. Getsy did it with play calls. You know, it's like, dude, you just made a bad situation worse. You know, and so there, the Bears, the Bears didn't look bad on offense until they started making these mental mistakes. And then it compounded. And all we're left with remembering is, you know, stupid ass, you know, a screen screen pass play called the 10 yard line like why why are you doing this and that like you said earlier smooth that's the third one in a row you know uh some of these other play calls are done because guys aren't executing it well and like there were times like going away from the run it's like dude your running game is working this guy's averaging five yards a carry why, why are you going away from it you know there were some times they had some big hit some of these times the screen plays work well because they're doing big hit plays but you can't keep going to it time and time again the defense you know, if you're not watching the game and you see what Tampa Bay is doing on third down, if you see the, if you just look up every now and again, and you see the statistics that they have so many yards and in the first quarter, so many yards, you think, I mean, this defense is not playing well. Well, when I watched the game, when I was able to really sit down and watch it, I'm like, well, shit, you, you lost your two of your starting corner or uh, guys in the secondary. Well, no, well, right, you lost both your safeties both for the safeties. game. Well, right. Brisker, Brisker, Brisker came, came back, but yeah, but he was towards the end of the game, and he wasn't quite right. He was still feeling the effects of the whatever got him ill, heat, whatever. And and then you came into the game without Kyler Gordon, and your backup safety was or your backup nickelback wasn't uh, available for the game as well. And so guys who are used to seeing, so basically, I thought when you keep, keep uh, take all that into consideration, they did a really good job. This could have been an ugly game. And they blocked they blocked the special teams, but they also blocked three points as well. So I'm saying the effort was there. There are things on defense where I'm like, you know what, you're not you're not being successful. Guys are still learning how to coordinate in the secondary, and it was compounded by the guys being gone for that game. You know that that touchdown that uh, Evans got, you know, and and uh, Tyreek let him get past him. Like, dude, you don't have the regular safety back there. You bail too soon. You know what I'm saying? You you need to stick with them a little bit longer. That's something that 
they're good. That, that's not going to happen again like that per se. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there are things that were very correctable that you could tell. It's like some, some of his growing pains. I thought Billings played a really good game yesterday. I thought Demarcus Walker, although he didn't get any sacks, I thought he was very active and did things along the defensive line. I thought, again, the linebackers, quiet as is kept, I think they've been consistent in, in providing good tackling, good coverage in a sec, you know, in, in the middle part of the field. You know, they get, the Bears are getting beat kind of deep, you know, or they're getting beat, I shouldn't say deep, but they're getting beat between the linebackers and, and, the, and, the, and the defensive backs. Uh, third down was the, probably the, the biggest sin that the defense was committing. They could not get off the field. Baker yeah. was 11 for 12 uh, for over 120 yards and a touchdown going into like maybe two minutes left in the fourth quarter. So basically for the day, he was killing third, on third, third down. Yeah. A lot of third and longs, they were, you know, they were not converting. And that's something that I'm like, okay, you're – some of that's because there's no rush, no doubt. And they, they missed a couple of – I mean, Ngakwe missed two sacks. He should have just had yeah. just – I mean, he yeah. should have had Baker. You got to put him down. You got to put him down or at least affect him more so than <laughs> that, you know, make him throw the ball away or whatever. Um, but in the second half, even without – you know your main guys in the secondary. There was a series where the Buccaneers were 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 went from nine plays in a punt. The next one was six plays in a punt, and the next one was three plays in a punt. So, I, and that was late in the game. You're talking about 94 plus degree weather with 57 percent humidity. You know, with a heat index of about 108 degrees. I I thought that they did well for as long as the fucking defense was out there, because they were out there almost twice as long as the offense was on the field. So that. That being said, I saw some positives. This team played better than the week before. I know we're talking low bar here, but again, keep in mind, you're talking seven new starters on defense, okay? You're talking a lot of new guys and moving parts on offense and another new guy starting inside your interior for your offensive line and and uh, Tyree uh, Carter, okay? There are things that I see this team doing better. And even Justin played... It's going to sound weird. Played a little bit better than he did the week before. I saw improvement. I shouldn't say he played better per se, but I saw improvement. And he did. He did play Where? a little bit better. Where did you see the improvement? Dude, the, the touchdown pass. He wasn't throwing a lot pass like that last week. He threw another pass that we just talked about the dude should have caught along the sidelines. He threw some other passes that you could tell. It's like, dude, this is this is what we see when we're saying this guy's making good. He, he has ability to physically he has ability to make these plays. It's the consistency is gone and the confidence right. isn't there. And the things happen that end up wavering whatever confidence was accruing and it, it it starts to degrade. And that confidence wavers between Justin and his teammates. Like these guys aren't holding the blocks. Like, dude, you can't tell me you, you're just, you're, you're, your confidence is not going to waver when it becomes a turnstile and you get sacked as soon as you get the ball. It's I like, agree. what the fuck? And then you throw a pass and guys are dropping it or the guys aren't making it secure in a pass that they should, could secure or two guys are running into the same area at the same time. That, and that was, that was a cold commit. Another brain fart. It that happened was, many was, times that, though. Right. It right. happened and many times. I, I don't think that's necessarily the offensive coordinator calling the play wrong. Somehow they're mentally not, as prepared as they need to be. And that's on the coaches. That's on the position coaches and that's on the offensive coordinator. So there are, those are things where Justin's like, and I'm not, I'm not saying Justin didn't make him. He made a lot of mistakes because he missed a lot of open guys too. Mm -hmm. And now the receivers are like, well, dude, I don't, you know, Claypool immaturely handled it, handled it immaturely last week. 
he handled better this week and he got more involved. But it's like, you know, Claypool and DJ Moore are two different mentalities. DJ was like, hey, hey, you know, sometimes it's like that. He can't, I got to do better so he can see me. Claypool's like, why the fuck didn't you see me? You know, but they're both saying the same thing. We weren't seen and you're there to be open. So now the receiver's confidence isn't necessarily, it doesn't seem, you know, all these things are affecting one another. And so I see that they made some improvements and some of it's going to get, be getting used to one another. And, and unfortunately, you're going to be getting your ass kicked along the way. And we know next week is not going to be any easier on the road <laughs> against Kansas City. And I'll say this one last thing, because I know I've, I've talked for, for the longest year, and I apologize to some degree for this. But I talked to my best friend. His name's Joey Logan. We've been friends since we were kids. That's about five years of age. And, and Joey gave me some great insight. Because I was trying to figure out what's going on. Like, like, dude, it's a mystery to me. And I had to get the Scooby-Doo mystery machine out and the Scooby-Doo guy, Scooby-Doo gang to figure out what this mystery was. And Joey told me what it was, man. He told me exactly what it was. They took the mask off of Getsky and found out that it was Nagy underneath. <laughs> that, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that point right there. Zoink, because, Scoop. Because, <laughs> yes, we, we can... We we had this same talk last year with Justin missing throw, missing open guy. We we mentioned all that last year, but the stuff that I was seeing yesterday from the entire offense mm -hmm. was just bad. I'm talking routes are Justin missing throws, missing open guys. Offensive line terrible. It's a it's legit a collective oh, effort. There, 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 there were times where the offensive line gave him four seconds though. Yes, they. That's, those are the faults that I'm giving him. That was three times that he held onto the ball and he had guys open. That was three on him. It was also three or four times where receivers were in the same damn spot. Yeah, who are you going to? There was also times where Braxton Jones completely missing blocks or Cole Komet completely doing whatever the hell he's doing. It's it's a shit show on that offensive side of the ball. And he's the head except of the Except the running backs. Except the running back. And he's at the head, Luke Getzey. Like, I get people saying he's trying to simplify things or hide things for Justin. But, though, are you trying to simplify things for everybody? Because clearly – all of them guys are lost at times. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Not just the quarterback. We want to focus on the quarterback, but all these guys are they're they're half-ass running running routes. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's bad. It's completely bad all the way around. Like, yeah. It's a question. Who's the quarterback coach? Do we know? I don't know. Because um, why he's not making Justin move better with his feet is beyond me. And and for JT O'Sullivan to point out how laissez-faire, nonchalant Justin is when he, you know, is, is doing his, uh, you know, backpedal is, is, is troubling. Because it's like, dude, your timing could be better if you got back there quicker. <laughs> that well, extra half second. Looks, everything looks so slow. Yeah, well, that's tempo. When he snaps the ball, why, why, why is that? Tempo, man. It, you know, I, I, I've been watching other games, 
and, you know, to scout all these other teams to see, you know, where the deficiencies may be on these other teams and so on and so forth. But one of the things I've been noticing, I'm like, especially like with the Ravens and even Tennessee, because I'm looking at offenses that run the ball traditionally. And that was our strength last year, running the ball. And, and, and Lamar has a new offensive coordinator. Okay. So it's some new stuff there. Tempo, man. I'm like, dude, they get into the huddle. They get out. He gets up to the line. He has 10, 12 seconds if he needs to make an adjustment. And when they run their routes, they're not running into each other. They're making quick runs, even if it's like a quick curl or something. Because it's not like every pass is deep. Most of these passes guys are making are, you know, in, in you know, the less than three seconds are running a route. I mean, you know, these guys are are are, are doing these square outs when they need to, some slants. You know, it, it's just it it looks faster to your point. And it's controlling the tempo. Even the Chargers have a new offense, a coordinator. It's it's tempo. Like how like why and it's I'm like some some of the same plays that I see us try to do, it just doesn't look coordinated well enough. It looks choreographed weirdly, or it's executed weirdly in its choreography. And it's some of that's tempo. And Justin needs but to Get the tempo going, man. Like, 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 I can honestly say this, and everyone's throwing around the screenshot of the seam Rob with the running back, yeah, being wide open. But realistically, Justin should have been sacked too before that ball should have been thrown. He literally just, he literally just had so much time. But the running back ran the route slow. He got out slow, which which JTO Sullivan points out that Cole Komet actually. Cut him off from getting up oh, there. Another, another another effort, but like the the seam route even came slower than it should have. Stop cutting guys off, Cole. Like like the seam route even came slower than it should have. Yes, Justin is at fault there because the guy was open when he still had some time. But damn, he shouldn't even had that much time. Like that was insane. Okay, you that's know, that's fine. No, no, no still... I get that. No, no, I get that. I'm I'm not absolved. I'm just saying, like, just looking at these guys and them route running is it's they're not getting out the blocks like they're is a sense of urgency. Well, they're got... unsure. I think to your point, I think you, you said it earlier, smoking as I've listened to you explain things more. Your ex explanations now are just reinforcing your earlier statement, and that's Everybody looks like they're confused. Everyone, yeah. when you have confusion or uncertainty, you're not moving with the same sense of speed, which we see as maybe lack of urgency, but it's more like, I'm not certain, or I think this is where I'm supposed to be, or I think this is how this works, or just something along those lines. And you look at the, look, even the team we played yesterday, even the team, Tampa Bay, it wasn't like Baker was killing us downfield. It was a lot of short passes. But those guys knew where they were going. Baker got the ball out of his hands quick. He knew where to go. Even when we pressured him, he knew where everybody was. He was side armor pass here, side armor pass there. Even when he, the plays got disrupted and he was on the run for his life, he he wasn't. He was still patient in his urgency. If that makes any sense, you know. He 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 was being pressured, but he wasn't playing like he was 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 distraught by the pressure. 
because that pass he made to Evans that went down the field on the sidelines. Like, dude, that should never have happened. That was a third down. It's like third and 17 or third and 18, something like that. That should never have happened, you know? And that was that would have been a great time to get off the field and still be able to do something. But he played under control. He played with knowledge. He played with experience. And, and Justin, on top of everything else, is still inexperienced in terms of his nuances at being a quarterback. There are other things besides throwing a damn ball and having the physical gifts to be, you know, as special on the field. You've got to be able to play the position. And right now he is doing, he, Justin, nobody else. He is doing a poor job, a poor job of playing the position. There's a lot of nuances. That's, you know, it's controlling, you know, say managing the game. Okay. Whatever. Controlling the game, controlling the flow. You know, being in charge, he, he's not in charge of himself, let alone the teammates around him. And that indecisiveness is is pervading through every essence of of, of, of the offensive uh, structure and its efficiency out there on the field. And, and that's a problem. And that's where where is the coaching and that, and it, you know, that's where it becomes a you know tail or chicken egg or whatever. Where is the coaching? Because if we can see this. As fans, if J.T. O'Sullivan can point this out as a former NFL professional and person who is astute at what quarterbacks should and shouldn't do or how they can be more effective, blah, blah, blah. What are the coaches on staff who are there day in and day out? What are they doing? I can't believe Justin is a difficult person to coach. I don't, he doesn't seem like he's hard headed. doesn't seem like he comes across that way. He seems like he's coachable. I think he needs to be. I, I, think I don't he know. Needs to be. Need to go Willie Beeman. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I, well, I just I, I I think this is where this is where Eberflus has to come in and, and earn his money you. right here. This sure. this I think back, remember uh twenty ten. Uh Lovey gets forced to bring in Mike Martz as as offensive coordinator, and Mike Martz tries to bring the the greatest show on turf. To Chicago, got rid of all the tight ends. Put in Orlando Pace, who's seventy five yeah. years old at the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Oh wait, wait, was that twenty ten? Uh, well, the year doesn't matter, but we get what you're saying. It might no, because I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Greg Olson was still there. But anyway, anyway. Long yeah, Greg story Olson short, was there for a moment. Yeah. Long story short, Lovey, you know, at at a point in the season where the offense wasn't doing anything, Lovey came in and said, "Hey." Let's simplify this thing. We're going to run the ball more. You know, uh, we're going to take away the seven the seven step drop that 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 Jay Cutler's doing and getting crushed because our offensive line was terrible. And March listened, and this team ended up getting to an NFC title game. Right. Twenty eleven, we started off again with the Mike March offense, and then you know, a few games in, oh. Lovey said, "Hey, thanks." We need to go back and simplify this again. We're going to run the ball more. We're going to take away the seven-step drops. And the Bears went on a five-game winning streak. We're seven and three, and then Cutler broke his thumb, and the rest was history. Long story short. We look just like we started last year. Yeah, yeah. So now Flus has to come in and say, hey, this is not working. We've got to switch things up a little bit. we got to play to Justin's strengths. This is where this is where this is where he, he gets uh, this, to earn his this, money right. This, here. this is where he. And has this is to the earn perfect. This, this is the perfect week to do it. 
Because I will say. Because if you don't, you might get embarrassed on national television on Sunday afternoon. And I will say, GM, you touched on it. I will give Flus credit. The defense looked better under him than it has under Allen Williams. Without three of what went out, four of his defensive backs? Yeah, I, I will give him that credit. They, they that second half was. It was crazy. Good they gave job. up. They gave up over four hundred yards of offense. And yeah, that all really and came then, in that first yeah, half. They, they didn't break. Yeah, a lot yeah. of that came in that first half. You had Williams had uh, Mike Evans okay. had like two or three big plays. Mike, Mike Evans is so good, man. Yeah, uh, they had three hundred yards of offense. I think in, at the end of the first half, like two ninety something. Yeah. Then in the first half, so. And I, I, I was impressed by by Flu's defense, but. Like you say is, this is where he has to earn his money. Like you have to step in and put your foot down. Like we can't wait till what what did we wait till last year? Week that was five, six, seven. Yeah, it's something like that. I think it was week seven that we played New England. Yeah, we played New England. You you play against Tampa Bay like you like uh uh oh you excuse me, you play against the Chiefs like you played against Tampa Bay or even the Packer game. You gonna get blitzed. But that's the other thing too. I'm funny you should mention that. Watching the game with Tampa Bay and Minnesota the week before, it was like, okay, so when Minnesota's in shotgun, they're blitzing first down. They're blitzing because they're like, oh, shotgun. Okay. When Minnesota's underneath center, they didn't blitz as much. And I'm like. Did you not see that in your scouting? But I said that last week. I said we're not under center enough. No, no, no rollouts, no bootlegs. Everything is straight dropbacks. Even the play actions suck. Like, and we're not running many of them. Which may lead to Justin's lazy feet, too. Cause you know, if you're on the shot, if you're on the center more, you gotta, you know, your footwork needs to be getting better when you when you and you do your drop back. If you're in a shotgun, you're not really doing much of a drop back. You know what I mean? So that could be part of where his, his feet he just get more aggressive in shotgun and is get more depth. Like I said he, last week. Is he used to being on the center? These kids Look, don't man. you don't you don't but grow last up playing year, on the a lot of anymore. our success came from him being on the center. I'm no, I'm not I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying Look, man, how do, what, how, did, how does he get acclimated to that? That's what coaching in preseason. I mean, all the things they apparently aren't stressing enough. I think they take it for granted. One thing we could see that they don't coach, which because we saw it last year, and we're seeing it this year. They ain't coaching his ability to run. No. They're not coaching that. So that's why we're in the same position to start this year. This is what they've been coaching. They're not coaching what makes him special. Like, no, nah, we're not going to coach that run shit. You you clearly can do that on your own. <laughs> but but imagine if they actually honed in on it. Well, don't don't coach it out of him. That's what I'm saying. That, yes. but, I, but I feel he's embracing that because he wants to prove people wrong. Like, F them people. Like, you had a stretch where you were 30 a game. At that point, the world saw that the defense was not supporting. 
you showed you could put up points. I could care less how many yards you throw for if you're scoring 30 points a game, legit 30 points a game. Like, but he want to prove to the people he can throw the ball. And hey, you're going to find yourself throwing to your nephews and nieces. You ain't going to be on nobody's roster. <laughs> By the way, the Bears quarterback coach is Andrew Janako. Uh, this is his second year with the Bears. Before this year, he was the quarterback coach for the Vikings for a season in 2021. So he coached Kirk Cousins. Before that, he was a wide receivers coach for the Vikings. Uh, before that, he was an assistant offensive line coach for the Vikings. I don't like that. He just kept getting them promotions. <laughs> uh, and he did play quarterback in high school. Oh, at some point, there was a quarterback thing. About. Well, you know yeah. what, man? I mean, I, I don't think that's too unusual because you look at the D.C. for – Tampa Bay yesterday, and that's Dave uh, Canales. Now he's with the Seahawks for a really long time. So he's a, he started off as a wide receiver coach for like seven years, from 2010 to 2017. Then he was their quarterback coach for two years, from 2018 and 2019. And he was a pass game coordinator for 20 seasons, 20 uh, 2020 and 2021 season, and then he was a quarterback coach for the 2022 season. And now he's DC with the Bucks. But when you watch what he did. This past week. And actually, if you compare what he did the week before to this week, he talked about wanting to run the ball and stuff, but he was passing a little bit heavier at the beginning of the game last week against the Vikings. And towards the end of the, in the game, they balanced it out with the run pass. They won that game. This week, they stayed with the run. And they didn't always look the Bears. Here's the thing that was so frustrating about the Bears defense. What they did on third down negated all the good they did on first and second down. And even yeah. sometimes when they gave up five or six or seven yards on a rushing play, the very next play, they only gave it maybe one or two yards a lot of the times. And then there were times where obviously they had the Bucks in second and long and to third and long, but then they gave up what they did. So with that being said, the Buccaneers still kept with running the ball. They still kept giving the ball to not just to Rashard White, but also to Sean Tucker. So they kept with that part of their game plan. But again, they did some things to help Baker out. They rolled a little luck. Baker's a short quarterback. He's got some liabilities he has to contend with. His height's one of those things. His inability at times to be patient. There are times where Baker, you could tell he like he wants he wants he's got that slung uh, gunslinger mentality and he wants to rip it. But coaching and maybe the reality of being bounced around in the NFL humbled his ass a little bit because it's, against the Bears he was extremely patient. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't look like he was, you know, playing frantically at all. Even when he was pressured, he was very much in control. But again, there weren't. It wasn't like he was throwing forty-yard bombs. You know, I think he had maybe one or two deep passes, but for the most part, those were like seven to twelve-yard passes he was making. But it kept the chain. And the running game kept the Bears. That's another thing too. People aren't factoring in with the Bears not applying a lot of pressure. It's like yeah, sometimes. You know, the running game. You know, you you on the field. They had three play. They had three different series of the Buccaneers where I think they went double digit play calls. Like the first one was twelve play, 
uh, drive. They had another 12-play drive. I think they had like an 11-play drive. Out there in that heat, man, that stuff is sapping. You're not going to be able to get upfield as much as you'd like to all the time. So I, point being, I'm, I'm getting off, off track here. Point being, offensive coordinator, you've got to do things to take control of not just your quarterback, but control of your offense and how it's being implemented. And maybe maybe that's why we see so many screens, like you said before. Maybe that stuff Justin's not doing so in-game. Look, this is what I have to go with because that's always be. But I, I'm saying you, you, you as an offensive coordinator, you can have more than just I'm, you know I'm, one punch. You could be able to punch. I'm not bad. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree, man. Cause, I, cause, I agree because the the whole narrative last year was he couldn't hit the layups. All we wanted to do was all he could do was throw the ball downfield. Now, now he can't throw the damn ball downfield. I'm not buying that. That they're trying to protect him, like. But it's looking like they broke them. Oh, well, or, I wouldn't say broke, but I get what you're saying. It looks like they're they're affecting him naked in in, in, a, in a in a regressing kind of matter. There's some regression we're seeing here, or potential the confidence that's that's making him doubt himself, and we you don't want that. Because I'm looking at week one, it was just check down, check down, check down. Week two. Every ball that he was holding on when he had that amount of time, he was looking for the check down. Like, he wasn't even looking upfield on those balls. Like, what what is going on in these meetings that y'all telling him? Because that one play would, that everyone is loving the call, he focused on the sideline for so long. He never looked upfield. So what is being said? Hit the layup. Like, I'm just. Well, this week, this week, the emphasis needs to be get rid of the football. Well, we just got to hope. One, two, three, ball should be out. Yeah. Well, you know what's going to negate Nagy, dude. You you know, this is what negates Nagy. You, do y'all know what do you know what negates Nagy? Even when he was the OC before he became the Bears head coach, this one thing negated Nagy. What? And it's not Mahomes. It's not Mahomes. You would think it's Mahomes, but it's not Mahomes. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey solves everybody's problems. When Nagy was an offensive coordinator, quote unquote, that playoff game at home, when Alex Smith was still the quarterback at the time. They're leading and beating the Tennessee Titans by double digits going into halftime. Kelsey gets hurt right before half, doesn't come back. And keep in mind, uh, Kareem Hunt was an offensive uh, rookie offensive player of the year that year. Come back, and they lose in regulation mm-hmm. to the it. Tennessee Titans, led by Marcus Mariota. And somehow that propelled him into being a head coach of the Chicago Bears. Uh Travis so, Kelsey wasn't there week one against the Lions. And I know there were some drop passes. If those drop passes didn't happen, the Chiefs probably beat uh, beat the Lions. But having Travis Kelsey there probably would have negated the interception that was picked off. So they wouldn't bounce out of the dude's hands. He would have caught it. Kelsey would have caught it. And as we saw last week, as bad as that offense looks, because keep in mind, the Chiefs are still averaging under 20 points a game. And the only thing that's different off that offensive team 
is that the former offensive coordinator, quote unquote, who can't offensive coordinate, is now taking the Washington Commanders two and zero start. Got Sam Howell looking with, with Sam Howell, quarterback who's played less than seven professional games. Not started, played less than seven professional games. It only started like what four, maybe three, <laughs> and on the road. In the in the, the thin air of Mile High Stadium in Denver against a talented defensive team, whether or not they're being coached that way, there's talent. Down 21-3, they still found a way to win that game. And they're averaging about 27, 28 points a game. So Travis Kelsey is healthy. He is going to keep Nagy from nagging up the team. And, and that's the thing. So, look, if I'm the Bears, I don't worry about anybody else in that on that offensive uh, receiving core or in the offensive receiving core. I bracket Kelsey and I have a third person hover above his head. <laughs> just just cause. Watch he get wide open so many times. Well, if it is, it's because Travis ran a different route and Mahia and Mahomes are, are, are symbiotically connected. <laughs> so they'll find a way to make it happen. Because that's, that's, dude, it, 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 some of those play calls that the Chiefs made against that, uh, uh, Detroit, and I'm sure I didn't watch the other game yet, but the ones where they struggled to score 17 points against the Jaguars, it's got Nagy written all over it. That's what Nagy does. He averages 17 points a game. That's what this offense does. Is he calling a place? <laughs> uh, we don't know if he is, but he has his stink all over it. <laughs> it just has his smell. It just has that, that perfidious odor of a Nagy you know, infuse offense. How you how you averaging ten points less, dude? <laughs> oh, you you're playing the Detroit defense, which is better, but it's not Steelers. It's Man, not the Ravens. Seahawks just went crazy on them. See, Seahawks right? See, all the road, the Seahawks just went crazy on them. And you're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, who gave up like three scores to a rookie quarterback who runs the ball. I mean, it's not a shame to run the ball. Stop. That's Nagy stink, dude. If I'm Flus, I'm saying uh, limit to two two screens a half. That's it. What? That's the other thing. I don't to see your no point. more. Uh, doing things two times. Like we hear Coach Wanstead say it every week. Throw deep at least twice a half. Just, just don't air it out. Just don't get a penalty on it. We ain't got Randy Moss, okay? Get a penalty on it and then rerun the same shit. <laughs> That's I mean, I'm just saying this this no everybody won't blame Justin, but it's some it's some well, it's a, there's a lot of stuff going a lot of blame. On. I just don't I don't I don't want Justin to get to get absolved from No, he from, he from doesn't. Me. He doesn't like I said honeymoon, honeymoon's over. He's, yeah, he, he's gonna he, get some criticism now. He he deserves just as much criticism, but that entire offense looks lost. Yes. That 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 is a that to me puts so much at the feet of the OC. And you touched on this is a coach's opportunity to bring this back together. Like say that one more time. This is the head coach's opportunity to bring everything back together. Get get all this stuff under under control. Like right? because they they just look lost 
entirely. I really wish I can be in this film room Man. to watch how many people should be getting chewed out. Like because it's it's so many people that are at fault on so many different occasions. It's, yeah, when Claypool comes out smelling better than most of the other receivers, yeah, and, and he and he still and he still had his f ups. Yeah, well, they're like, blocking too too soon on the screen. Blocking pass. routes, he still had his mess up, like. It's weird. It's not Chris, man, and that, like you said, that that comes back to the OC and the position coaches. Um, the, the guys have to be know what they're doing. They got to be held accountable. Everyone wants to get on Eric Bieniemy because he's holding people accountable. Well, mm-hmm. it's just just making a difference when you're when you have a, a team. And here's the thing, you know, I, you look at the Jets right now, and there's no faith in in the Wilson at all. Like he's garbage. You know, like, That's but okay. who's offensive coordinator? Who's offensive coordinator? Hackett. Hackett is not going to make you look better if you're if you're not good. He's going to make you look worse. If you're good, he can make you look bad. It's so bad. I, I get it that we have our feelings Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson looks better than he did oh. last year. I'm saying Russell Wilson looked worse last year. He looks a little bit better this year. He actually looks a lot better. That lost outside of the fumble, he had a pretty good game last week. But my point that I'm trying to make is Aaron Rodgers is a veteran wide receiver. 20 years or whatever many years in the league. I mean, quarterback, sorry, quarterback. Uh, he knows how to get the receivers. I was trying to say he knows how to get the receivers where they need to be. He understands how stuff's supposed to work. You know, the timing. That You can see even when you watch Hard Knocks, you can tell, like, hey, you need to be here at this time. Brady did the same thing when he got to Tampa. Hey, you know, your your feet make a big difference if you're here on five on the count of two as opposed to when you're here on five on the count of three or whatever it is. You know, making your cuts here as opposed to at five yards, you need to make it at seven yards because of the timing. All that stuff. You're talking about Brady, Rodgers, Manning was, you know, fanatical about that. You know, those are veteran quarterbacks that even if the offensive coordinator may be lacking in some aspect, those guys will hold receivers accountable. They know how to get them to practice. They know Justin doesn't know how to do that yet. He doesn't. He, he, he's not as advanced. He's not as experienced. And so all of this is what the OC, a good OC, has to know how to do. And it is clear based on everything we've seen, what the JTL Sullivan's of the world have said, what the Brandon Smoke Williams have said, these guys don't look crisp or sharp because they don't seem like they're understanding everything. They don't have an understanding of where they're, when and where they're supposed to be and how to get there. I want to touch on two things. I want, I want to go back to the Jets real quick with Zach Wilson. <laughs> The, the man, the world is so cruel. Uh, when they hate you, they hate you. That dude played better. I mean, I think he played better against the damn Cowboys than than uh, Daniel Jones. Jones. But, but <laughs> look how Daniel Jones looked after playing them Cowboys versus playing them. Cowboys is for real, people. 
I ain't that much of a believer in Zach Wilson, but give him a give him a chance after that Cowboys team. <laughs> the Cowboys is for real over there. Uh, damn, what else I was about to say? Um, I actually lost my train of thought after that. I think I was about to say something. Jets hack it made him look worse. I don't know. Oh, they didn't run the ball either. How you gonna have Brees Hall have one hundred twenty yeah, some odd yards? And then you just give him five carries the next day against the yeah. Dallas Cowboy thing. So the thing too, know what your opponent's doing. That's what I want to say. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. You, you during the game, you've got the coaches have to be able to realize and see where a team might have a vulnerability or a weakest link aspect that's happening out there on the field. And yesterday with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, Luke uh, Gedeke, their right guard, was messing up. And he's not even experienced at that position. I think he was somewhere else last year. He didn't make mistakes the week before against Minnesota. The Bears should have been, a lot of their pressure should have been focused on that area over there, whether it was with stunts or some slants or overloading that side to, to force things to happen. They didn't take advantage of that. Also, Carlton Davis didn't play. You should have been taking advantage of DJ Moore even more so because their best defender was not there, was not present. Arnell um, Mooney had no targets. Yesterday, I don't think did Mooney play. That's what uh, I, I think he. Mooney. I think he. Uh, he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. I don't think he, he. His knee. His knee. Yeah. I don't think he played the whole game. I don't remember yeah. hearing about that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he didn't play the whole game. Maybe that's so. a fact. We know that. No, I don't know. No, 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 no excuses. Well, that's. It's I'm a talking about the. I'm confidence. talking about the. I'm and the miscommunications on routes and things. That's, that that's still that's, that still shouldn't happen. That still shouldn't happen. There are teams that that have three, four guys missing, and their their offense runs like clockwork. So I'm I'm not no, guys guys are out. Hey, next man steps up. You're professionals. You sh- you should know this stuff. You went through training camp. You went through OTAs. You should, I don't think you he's absolving them. He's saying that's adding to it. Yes, I, absolutely. I understand, and I'm saying that should not be uh, that. That's not the excuse. No, no, no. It's not an excuse. No, he's saying it, that's. He's saying <laughs> that this compounded is compound interest because now guys were already struggling, but now these guys because they're not prepared, they're getting out there, and because it isn't Mooney, it's it's gotten even worse. <laughs> you know, so man, so, so, yeah, free you're EQ, right. man, free EQ. What are they doing? Free EQ. That's did he, did he play? No, he was inactive. He was inactive again. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why is he inactive? I don't know, bro. Because I mean, like I saw Valus in uniform. I saw him congratulate Claypool on a touchdown. That's about all I saw. Valus. Valus. You know, he ran. ran, ran one, he had ran that one, one reverse sweep. Yeah, he had that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Did he go lost, anywhere? No, he no. lost like four yards. Okay. It wasn't right. his or, fault I, though. It, the, the, right. The, the whole commit. That's the one he didn't block. Yes. Yeah. But the world yeah. knows. When you that see that it's coming do. across, that's what's going on. Right, right. It's <laughs> not rocket science. Said, they knew <laughs> so many of the Bears' plays before they ran. So hopefully this is this is a chance for them. It's the wake-up call. Yeah. It's an indictment. They, they got the 325 game, so they got a couple extra hours, you know, to prepare. Hopefully they have a better game plan against the Chiefs. Can only Your hope. Defense has been looking good so far, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Yes. How about we talk about some uh, something that's a little entertaining? <laughs> and that's the Colorado Buffaloes who uh, hey, got a little scare. They did. Got a little scare in Boulder uh, with Colorado State. Um, I think sometimes you got to, uh, as a team, you got to humble yourself. And I think uh, Game Day was there. Uh, what's the Fox's show? Uh, Big Noon. Big Noon. Big Noon, Big Noon kickoff. was there. The Pat McAfee show was there. First Take was there. Everybody was there. Hey, was can, can I wait? Can I touch on something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. ESPN just don't give a damn what Pat McAfee do, do they? No, he he he. Oh my he's, God. he's saying whatever Love he wants. Life. Whatever he wants. Good Lord. I'm like, I'm like, am I hearing this? Yeah. Is yeah. this on ESPN? Or At 11 o'clock in the morning. I was I'm like, not... wow. They don't I was care. in shock. And they give and they put in a, a disclaimer saying that, hey, you're going to hear some foul language at the beginning of the show. <laughs> it doesn't life. matter. Was, They're okay. I was, I was getting my hair cut and my barber was playing it. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this has to be on YouTube. This cannot be live on no, ESPN. Live on Espen. Live on Espen. I guess he must have negotiated in his deal. Yeah, gonna take me off of YouTube and let me <laughs> talk like I talk. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Meanwhile, I had to, uh, I had to bleep out uh, Mike Clevenger today because he, uh, uh, he used the f bomb during. Uh, during post game <laughs> at Baseball night, season so still going on. It, it somehow it still is, man. <laughs> I'm so tired of the White Sox. Anyway, Colorado. Back to Colorado. I think I think they felt themselves, and Colorado State came out and uh, hit them in the mouth a couple times. Oh, literally, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Chip doing it the whole game for real. Nine took personal out, calls. Took out uh, Hunter. Uh, Hunter, Travis Hunter. He's out for three weeks. Out for three weeks. A lacerated liver, man. That's that's gotta hurt, man. And it was it was it was a dirty hit, though. You can't. It was very dirty. It was dirty. Uh, surprise! Seeing him against Oregon and USC. Dude didn't. Uh, dude didn't. He only got the fifteen yard penalty. No no uh, no ejection. No suspension. In that hit. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. But, the refs uh, didn't do a good job, good enough job stopping that before it got even more craze. Because it because Colorado State kept doing those things, and that Kamar guy should have been thrown out before he even did, or at least you know, I he got thrown out at the end, but that was like his what third, I think, personal foul. Yeah, you know, it's like, come on, man, he clearly you 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 should have given him a warning. Or something like one more and you're out that before it led to that thing. Because I, I thought Shadur was done for the game after that hit. Because his his arm moved limply. I was like, man, dude, the collarbone he fell on him or something. But um, I'm sorry, go ahead, as you were saying. Oh no, 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 no. Uh but yeah, they 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 uh were able to come back in the fourth quarter, uh tied it up um in the last last two minutes and then went to overtime and took care of business and in double overtime uh it was a it was a fun game to watch 
and and kept me kept me entertained until one a.m. Like I that was the <laughs> that was the first time I didn't watch I didn't watch stayed up all night to watch a uh, uh West Coast West Coast Pac twelve game in a long time. Long time. Yeah. So, uh, what's the thing about this team, man? Ah, uh, they they need somebody who's six foot, two hundred and twenty pounds as a running back because they cannot move the pile when they need to get tough yards, and that's going to really start to hurt them when conference play begins with some of the good defenses like Oregon, Oregon State, Washington. Um, when they get into conference play, Utah. Um, I think. Stinks. Yeah. I think for whatever reason, I don't know if it's coaching or what, they and Colorado State was killing them ad nauseum with all those underneath crossing routes <laughs> and mesh this. Never and mesh seen that. so many of them in my life. Oh my god, it's worse than look, playing a video game, which is like I was sitting there like damn bears need to do this. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, most teams you you see teams stop it. For whatever reason, Colorado, I don't know if they just stay in man all the time and they keep getting picked off. That's the reason. But they were doing a very poor job of it the entire game. I mean, Colorado, it looked like when you play a kid on, on Madden, like online, and he's doing the same play. Oh, like, come on, dude. Like, pick another play. Like, come on, man. Mesh left. Okay, mesh right. I get it. Mesh left. Okay, I get it. That's all they kept doing. I mean, that was insane. So... Other teams, another thing that I see where it's going to be problematic for them, Nebraska kind of sort of began it. Colorado State did it to almost a thuggish degree, <laughs> and that is be extremely physical, be uncompromisingly physical with the receivers because they're not very big, and make them hurt. And if you make them hurt, at some point they'll break. We almost saw them break. Colorado was just more talented, clearly more talented. And that tight end became the de facto, you know, superhero person that needed at the end to, to make those plays because Hunter wasn't there any longer. Couldn't break that big ball. <laughs> no. But I will say this. With all that attention that Colorado got this past week and still persevering, and the fact that Dion is putting money in everybody's hands. It's like that scene from uh uh <laughs> from Devil in a Blue Dress where Mouse played by Don Cheadle says the easy played by Denzel uh Washington but he's getting ready to leave. Hey, easy. Hey man, you know how to put money in a motherfucker's pocket. And that's exactly what Dion's doing. Because everybody is eating up in there. The administration is happy. And culturally speaking, all those people that thought it might be an issue with them. Personal of Dion's personality and a place that seemed culturally opposite 180 degrees different than Dion in Colorado. Uh, the administration is very happy. The city of Boulder is very happy. And a lot of other people are happy because Dion is putting money in people's hands. And that's going to bring more talent because these guys are going to be like, I want to be seen. I want to be coached by you know, coaches that are putting players into the pros, blah, blah, blah. Dion keeps taking every opportunity to say, hey, what did you say? All those recruits, are you listening to what they're saying? He was said about seven, 8,000 times over the past week. So they need beef up front on offense and defensive line. They'll get it next year. But I think this team will probably win seven games, maybe eight. 
They're about to hit a, a two-game losing streak, though. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree on what you said at the end. Because what I saw, that defense, Shadur is going to have to play the perfect game. If not against Oregon, definitely against Caleb Williams and USC. I don't see that defense stopping them not one damn time. Unless Caleb Williams do something stupid and just throw a pick trying to be extra. Like if Hunter was there, that might happen. But him not being there, like you said, it's probably yeah. not gonna happen. But I did to speak on that game. I was although Colorado State they they muddied it up. They 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 did dirty things. Mm-hmm. Borderline dirty things. Mm-hmm. They muddied it up and and made it interesting. One thing for me, they backed up their coach. Mm-hmm. Colorado State. They backed up their coach. They did. We we yes, the stuff was dirty. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But them boys went out and they fought for their coach. I respect it. I respect it. To Colorado, the resilience that we saw from them was huge in my eye. Now, granted, it doesn't propel them to being a national title contender because, like we just said, they're going to lose to Oregon and the USC. They're not beating those teams. They just and they not. might lose to Arizona State and they might lose to Oregon State. You think Arizona State? They lose? I don't think Arizona State. Physical, I watched them play. Physical. Even though, even though my dad started at Arizona State, but and, and here's the thing too. Can't be on Thunderbird. Well, here's the thing too. It's, oh, man. it's when you it's, it's when you catch a team. Like if they played Arizona State next week, I think they can they beat them. But they're gonna be playing be Arizona rooting, State. I'm, now I tell you, I'm rooting for Arizona State. Like I just said, but I just don't. <laughs> I just yeah, don't they got know. they got a Bronco. I'm I'm with I'm with Arizona State in that game. They're they're playing Arizona State after Oregon and USC. I just this team is we we don't know how good their depth is yet because we haven't really seen it. Um, but I don't know if their depth is polished. Even if this talented, I don't know how polished they are to deal with the talent they'll be facing when it comes to Oregon. And, and, and USC, and the reason why I say this because you don't always you don't see a lot of a lot of the you see a lot of same players playing most of the games. You're not seeing like yeah. waves of players coming in, so that means the starters oh, are playing a lot of minutes. Only position you see multiple guys is at the running back position, and they can't run the ball at all. Yeah, it's just it's just mainly two guys, and they're not big enough to push the ball. The receivers you see a little bit of it, but not as much. I mean, there's still talent on the team, but. It's it's you know it, they're about a couple of years away from challenging on a national level. I'm I'm curious to see you know if they if they do lose to Oregon and to USC how resilient they're going to be beyond uh, it. Be, yeah, with with a two game losing streak, we haven't seen a a uh, Dion coach team uh, play after a two game losing streak. I think their only losses at Jackson State. They lost a. They lost to was it Louisiana Tech? One of the Louisiana schools, I, I think. Um, don't quote me on that, but it was against a one eighteen. 
or a, or a FBS team. They were supposed to lose. Master Jackson State kept it kept it pretty uh, respectable. Uh, so they lost that game. They went undefeated in the SWAC two straight years, and the only they, the only losses were in that Celebration Bowl. Sure. So we didn't get to see what happened back to back, back to back. Right, that was the end yeah. of the season. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what you know. Like I said they hey, they they might mess around and you know keep these That's games close. Yeah, yeah. You never you never know. Um, One thing we do know, they don't that? play much defense. No, they no they don't on the Pac twelve either. They don't. Uh that's not true. Well, the, the not I'm not no the teams, the teams you're the teams we're talking USC, about. USC USC don't have a defense. I understand. Washington has a Washington has they don't a play, defense. They don't play Arizona Washington. State. Arizona State has a defense. Washington. Yeah, they don't play right, they, right. They don't play. They don't play Washington. Oregon State has a pretty good defense too. I do believe they play Oregon State. Yeah, they do they have do. Oregon State. They do. Yeah. What about Utah? Utah always has a good defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whether or not it's great is maybe that'd be the case, but it's always a good defense. So, yeah, they, they, like I said, four losses, maybe five. Still, man. No, that's, that's still four, that's, seven to five. Yeah. Hey, I man, had, I had them, I had them winning, winning three games. So he tripled the win total last year already. Yeah, I mean, let's let's. I had them winning three, and they already there. So. Hey, every, everything so, else is gravy, in my opinion. He can lose the rest of the way. He oh, improved yeah. the program. <laughs> and I, I, I got my sweatshirt, and I, and I might be going for the sunglasses too. Yeah, dude, I'm with you on that one. The sunglasses look kind of sharp. They, they, they slick, man. They're called uh, called blenders. Blenders. Mm-hmm. Blenders. I wouldn't be surprised if that man Norvell. Was a part of the promotion. <laughs> I would been. not be he surprised. You're so he cynical. Well, you know, Dion was on. He was on the Rich Eisen show, and uh, uh, Rich asked him. He said, "Was you know, was this planned?" And uh, not gonna admit that. And so, no, no, no. Dion said, actually, he said that the sunglasses deal was already in effect, and they were going to come out with it this week. But then Norvell said man, what he, he said. He told he that said, man. And he said, you know what? We got to run with it. He told and that so man to do he that. Said, he, he definitely said, said that, that he, he, uh, he, he pushed it because of the, because of the deal. Man, you know, he, so he, I think he made it more than it, than it probably should have been. Man, he gave that man a cut. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't shock me. We, we shock never me. know. He they gave sold, that man a cut. They sold $1.2 million worth of sunglasses. Man, that man got a cut of that. <laughs> and if, if that man promoted that man glasses just out pure hate, Wait. Uh, he's an idiot. One point two million dollars in sunglasses, <laughs> and they, and the sunglasses they they're not going to get these things until December. These oh, are just wow. pre orders. Pre orders, that's yeah. crazy. That man, yeah. if that man did that without being smart about it, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wonder. I wonder what what was said during the uh, during the handshake. Cause uh, oh, I guess they they had a handshake and then Shadur yeah. tried to like tried to like get in the middle, but then Dion sort of 
sort of pushed him out the way and they did hug and you know gave a bro hug and and went I, on but cuz I I I feel like the mag gained Dion's respect. You think so? I think I think I, I mean I, that they were 20 what 23 point favorites 24 24 and you went to double overtime like <laughs> he he like if it's anybody that can respect the man getting his team up for the challenge, Dion. Yeah. Like if anybody can respect it, it's him. Like he got them boys up for the challenge. And they came out there and almost shocked. Granted, we don't believe Colorado is legit that good. But if they would have beat Colorado that Saturday, the world would have been shocked. Yeah. And it would have been, would've been, been of, and it would it would have been a lot of the haters coming out coming out of the What? Woodworks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like so I, I think he gained Dion's respect. And yeah. All right. Now I got a I got a little bit of a hate take here. I know I know it's gonna come out as hate. <laughs> But I I totally believe this. Colorado fans should not have rushed the field after the win against Colorado State. I posted that on Facebook. Was that I did? Yeah, that, that yeah, was. Yeah. I'm like, I saw that on Facebook from somebody. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I'm I'm sorry. That's little brother. You're supposed to do that. You were 24 point favorites. Now I understand you only won one game last year. Yeah, I think that had a lot to do with it, and they lost to them last year too. Okay, but you supposed you supposed they to lose? Beat, they lost to Colorado, lost Colorado State, State last, last year. year. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to beat Colorado State. No reason to rush. Now, I I understand why you rushed the field against Nebraska. It was it was the first win of the era, and well, the well, first another rivalry, first home another game. Rival. Another Nebraska rivalry Nebraska too, is a rival. It was the first win. You know, I get it. You know, makes sense. Well, if you lost to them last year, and then you win in in that fashion, I, I think. But you supposed you supposed to. I didn't you, know. You I never, didn't know they lost to them last year. Colorado never, never should lose to Colorado State. It's like it's Iowa like, losing to Iowa State. Well, not even that, because at least they're on the same they're on the same plane. It's like it's like Illinois losing to Illinois State. Not that bad. It is. Is it Illinois State's like Division FCS? It's not the same thing. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's Ohio State losing to Cincinnati. Okay, okay, I'll buy that. Cincinnati yes. was in the playoff. True, but they don't. But they don't play each other. <laughs> but 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 they don't but play each other every year, though. Hold on, let me, let me get a point. better one. Let me let me see. Let me let me get a better one. Uh, <laughs> they don't. You got to pick a robbery. It's, so Michigan shouldn't run out. Michigan, Michigan State's probably the better. No, that's better. not because they're, they're on the same level. That can, uh, that can but, go either way every 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 year. Yeah, but Colorado has been, dude. Colorado hasn't been a bastion. Look again. I guess I'm just old enough to remember it's, when Colorado was as bad as Northwestern. It's it's Texas losing to Rice. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I guess it's good. Houston. It's no. It's it's go. It's it's nothing's going to make us think that way because Colorado Houston, hasn't been wait, good. 
Houston's a perennial top twenty-five team. Colorado State, but never top twenty-five. But Colorado hasn't been good in so long. Thank you. They were a bowl team in this decade. Who's not a bowl team in this decade? Is I'm just saying they won six games in a season. Northwestern's been a bowl team. Are you going to tell me Northwestern is traditionally powerful? Over the last 15 years, they, they've been close to Traditionally it. Traditionally powerful. They've been the two Big Ten championships. Traditionally powerful. Everybody, well, no, every dog has its well, day. That's that's Col- because that, Colorado that's ain't because been good in a while. Northwestern was 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 god awful for two decades. Colorado can be god awful. I look at Colorado, Colorado State, like Louisiana Tech versus ULM. I know y'all probably don't know ULM. No, because they're on the same level. But Colorado hasn't been good. Colorado like is a if, power if, five. Let's let's say this: if 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 Colorado hadn't shocked the world, Colorado won a TCA, national championship once. If Colorado hadn't shocked the world to beat TCU and barely beat Nebraska, would they have been a double digit favorite? Versus, no, they wouldn't have. It's all because of what they did the first two games. They wouldn't have. But that's but that's part of it. I get it. But I just yeah. thought they, they, they should have waited I, I, now, for I would have been hey, on your side hey. if Glenn didn't say they lost to them last year. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that Colorado lost to Colorado State last year. So that took me off your off your side. <laughs> Wait, let me let me make sure. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see how bad, year. how bad. Uh, twenty twenty two. No, they didn't play each other last year. Okay, so I'm back on your side. They didn't play each other last year. <laughs> well, what about the year before? Let's see, twenty twenty one. No. Well, last? then. That may be why they rushed it. It's been a long time since that rivalry happened. Twenty twenty was the COVID year. They didn't play. I don't wait. Let's see. Maybe they did. No, they didn't play. Twenty nineteen. The last time they played each other was twenty nineteen. Colorado beat Colorado State fifty two thirty one. Okay, I'm 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 on the side. Uh, uh twenty eighteen. Colorado beat Colorado State forty five thirteen. 2017, Colorado won 17-3. All right, fine. You're right. 2016, Colorado <laughs> beat Colorado State 44-7. It's little brother. They shouldn't have been rushing the field. I, I'm, I'm with Ez. <laughs> shouldn't have been rushing the field. I'm sorry. Now, if you want to save it for USC when USC comes to town in two weeks and you beat them, I'm all for it. Everybody should come out, and you know why they and they didn't expect it because remember the uh, the Nebraska game they got Dion off the field just to make sure you know because of because of the amputation you know and he's he's not walking as quickly as he as he was they wanted to get him off the field to make sure you know he was safe right remember that they didn't do that Saturday night he's at home exactly they were both they were right they were both home games. No, I, it was a weak argument. I just I know. 
So I that know. they weren't expecting it either. Because that's Colorado State. We, we, we won't be run rushing, bum rushing the field. Exactly. <laughs> oh, right. man. So that's my ass. that's my argument. I'm 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 sticking to it. <laughs> I'm not hating on Colorado. I'm a Colorado fan. I was cheering for Dion uh, on Saturday night because I did not want to see him lose and then you know take the brunt not, of, of not to that of these these idiot these idiot media guys. Uh, talking about, see, I told you so, especially that that Jason Whitlock guy. It's a goofy. Yeah, yeah. So, so there you have it. It's like goddamn mad dog. Don't rush. Don't rush the field against teams you're supposed to beat. Mm-hmm. Argument over. Let's go to picks. Um, I suck. Mm-hmm. You guys are, are, are really good at this. I'm going to take you guys' bets. Though, in real <laughs> life, I hit a parlay this week. Oh, Congrats. I hit a parlay, and I and I made some money on Colorado. Oh. Yeah. You, took the, uh, you took State? I did a, I, no, 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 no. I took a, uh, I did an in-game uh, money line bet. Mm-hmm. And, and won a couple bucks. Nice. Because I, I knew once... Uh, once Colorado got it within a score, I was like, they're gonna they gonna win this game. So here we go. Uh last week I went two and one, and you guys both were perfect. Three and O's. Let's go. Good for you guys. Does that mean I'm six and oh starting out? You are only six one and I, o, my friend. Yeah. Only one I remember I had was was Penn State. Uh you had Penn State, you had the Cowboys uh minus three. Um, and you had the Washington Commanders plus three and a half. So that's a good good pick. Uh Glenn, you had Penn State, you had the Cowboys as well, and you had the Chief who pulled off the win on Jacksonville. Um I went two and one. I got the Cowboys. I got the Dolphins uh minus two and their win, and I lost with the Packers, uh, who were minus one. Mm. Vegas is amazing, by the way. Packers, they had the Packers at minus one, and they ended up losing by one. Dang. So, so you're two and four is. So I am three and three. Uh, three. Smoke, you are four and two, and Glenn, you're six and zero. Oh. So uh, I don't know if we've ever had a moment where we were at least on five hundred and above. <laughs> you might be right. Yeah, one. Most are all zero zero. Damn, take some risks this time. All right, let's do this. Um, I'm gonna stick with this uh, this NFL thing since I went two and one. I'm gonna start with the Vikings plus one. Ooh, or oh, excuse me, they're minus. Excuse me, minus one. They are uh they're giving the Chargers one, so I'm gonna take the Vikings. I'm gonna take the Texans plus nine against the Jaguars. And uh you got plus nine or nine and a half. You say Caesars, right? Uh is it nine and a half? Nine. Oh, it's nine and a half. You're right, you're right, you're right. Nine and a half. That half counts. Yeah. You're right. And 
I'm gonna follow you guys as lead. I'm taking the boys minus twelve and a half against. Oh, that's a big number. That's yeah. a big number. Yeah, the Josh Lip, the Josh Dobbs Lip Cardinals. Who, by the way, had a better game than than one Justin Fields last week. The twelve and a half. Uh twelve and a half. Yep. Minus twelve and a half. Smoke, who you got? Take a chance here. We just talked about him. Saquon's out for three weeks, man. Yeah, that's my damn running back fantasy. But uh, <laughs> Colorado's a minus t- yeah, 21 point underdog at Oregon. 21? I'm going to take, Colo- yep. take Colorado plus 21. Ooh. I'm also going to take the boys minus the 12.5. I think I'm going to go Ooh. Falcons plus 3.5. On Detroit. Really? I get them Falcons, huh? Probably went to overtime this week, right? Lost in overtime, right? Ooh. Seattle, right? Yeah. No, Seattle not, won in overtime. Right, that's what I'm saying. They they lost in overtime. Oh, I thought you were saying Seattle. Yeah, yeah. The Lions yeah. lost in overtime. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Colorado plus 21, Cowboys minus 12 and a half, and the Falcons plus three and a half. All right, Glenn, who you got? Um also going to jump on the Colorado plus 21 at Oregon. Man, I feel left out. Um, I I, I got to imagine we're going to see a different call. Like maybe that close call, losing Hunter, they'll approach the game a little bit differently. That's what I'm hoping. Hoping I'm, I'm putting faith in the coaching staff to, 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 to coach differently against Oregon. I think they're a little overconfident against Colorado State. Um, I'm going to. No one's talking about this team. They're looking really good. I'm going to take Notre Dame as a home dog. Notre Dame. I started to take that dog against Ohio State. That's what I was about to take instead of Colorado. What's the what's the line there? Three and a half. Minus three and a half, or plus three and a half. I think they're going to be three and a half. They're, they're the dogs. So plus, plus three and, three and, and a half. half. All right. I, yeah, I actually think they beat. I think they beat Ohio State. I think so too. Um, and I'm going to take another home dog. I'm going to go pro though. I was debating between Washington State home dog against Oregon State. I'm going to do pro. Sticking with the Washington theme, however, Commanders. take the Commanders as a home dog plus six and a half against the Bills. Commanders plus six and a half. All right. And by the way, I got a big bet going. Uh uh NC State in the money line over over Virginia. Don't don't ask me why I'm doing that. (laughs) Virginia's gonna lose. Exactly. No, I took I took NC State. That's what I'm saying. You took the money line. Yeah, Yeah, because you know Virginia's gonna lose. Money line is just a win or loss, right? I'll tell you yeah. offline why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So good luck, fellas. 
that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. I want to thank you. We want to thank you all for listening. Greatly appreciate it. You can catch our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. You can also catch us at hp53productions.com. There you can also you can find our podcast and also the Father Good podcast hosted by Marshall Givens and Kenny Stevenson and the Super Duper podcast hosted by Rob Griggs and yours truly. Yo, Glenn. Yeah, yeah. Please take us out. Hey, man. It's like we say around these parts. We ain't saying we're right. We just need the Bears to stop being so damn wrong. <laughs> Hopefully it's not an embarrassment in Kansas City. We'll catch you next week. Huh. We'll